Welcome to this week's podcast from the Equipping Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Jacob as well. Hallelujah. 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18. We're going to begin in verse 41. I'm going to start in the King James this morning. Hallelujah. 1 Kings 18, verse 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. There is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab got up and went to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain not uh, stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel, and the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Elijah comes on the scene in the previous chapter in 1 Kings 17. We, we have no history of Elijah. All it says is that Elijah the Tishbite, that's all it says. Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab. He just shows up on the scene and he shows up to Ahab and he says to Ahab, who is a wicked king, he says, there shall be no rain nor dew until I say so. And that's all we've got with Elijah is that he just shows up. We don't get a genealogy. We don't find out who his daddy is. We don't find out who his mama is. We just know that he's Elijah the Tishbite. And there's even an argument about what Tishbite means. We don't even have a, a real definition of what a Tishbite is. Some say that it's just that he was from the land of Tishba and that he was there. Some say that it means that he was a sojourner or a settler or one who had no home who depended upon the, the generosity of those around him. That's all we know about Elijah. And I want to start with saying to you this morning, you may not have the genealogy. You may not have the family history. You may not have the generations of revival to lean into. But when God calls you to do something, and when God calls a people to do something, it doesn't matter your history. It matters what God is doing in the present. I want to start there this morning. So Elijah shows up with no history, with no genealogy, with no records of revival. He wasn't a fifth generation Pentecostal. He wasn't, you know, of the Assemblies of God or the Pentecostal Church of God. We don't know where he's from really, but all we know is that he shows up with a word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is there will be no rain or dew until God says so. And that's exactly what happens. And in 1 Kings 18, where we find ourselves this morning, Elijah comes to Ahab and he says to Ahab, guess what? I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I've heard something in the realm of the spirit. And I want you to know that I'm telling you rain's about to fall. You better get up and eat and drink because there's about to be a rain. 
There had been no rain since the day that Elijah had declared it. The whole land had suffered from famine. There was no food for man or beast because the crops had failed for three years in a row. For three years, there had been no rain. And rain, as we know, is one of the most significant symbols of God's favor on a land is when there's rain. We can see it in our own land right now. We're in the middle of a drought. There's rain. There's been no rain. And it's dry. And we're just talking about some grass that's dry and maybe a little heat. But at this time, it was no rain. And there was famine. And the people were starving. And the animals were dying. And there was no rain. But the sound of the abundance of rain meant that the curse was over and that blessing was about to pour in again. And here's the issue with this is that Elijah heard the sound of the abundance of rain. He didn't see rain. As a matter of fact, as we read, there was no evidence that rain was even coming yet. But he heard a sound. And that word sound in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word call. Q-O-L, I think is how it's spelled. Call. And it literally means he heard the voice of the Lord. He heard the voice of the Lord. Here they were in the famine. And, and Elijah had said three years prior, there will be no rain until the Lord speaks. Well, what happens? The Lord begins to speak. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I hear the sound. I've come to the equipping church this morning to tell you I hear a sound. I hear a sound of revival. I hear a sound. But you've got to catch this this morning. You can hear the sound, but it doesn't mean it's manifested yet. But you've got to hear the sound. That was the first thing is that there was a pronouncement of the abundance of rain. Elijah released a word saying, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I hear something in the atmosphere. I hear that there's a heavy rain about to come. There's about to be an end to the suffering, the pain, the scarcity, the hardship. There was a new season of joy. There was a new season of abundance about to open up for the people of God. It didn't matter the difficulty they'd encountered but I want to declare to you to the equipping church this morning we're stepping in to a year of supernatural restoration we're stepping into a year of revival by the mercy and the power and in the name of Jesus I hear the sound of an abundance of rain Elijah issued a pronouncement that there was about to be rain. When Elijah told Ahab that there was a sound of abundance of rain, you got to understand there had yet to be a sound even audible to the human ear. It wasn't an audible sound. It was a sound that had to be caught in the realm of the spirit. Revival is not caught because we hear something in the natural. Revival doesn't happen because there's a loud prayer or a shout. Revival happens because we begin to agree agree with the voice of God that is in the supernatural. We begin to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I'm here to tell you the Spirit of the Lord is saying, Revival! There's a sound in the atmosphere of heaven that we've got to begin to hear. There's a sound. And when we hear the sound, we have to begin to agree with it. Nothing around could suggest that great change and transformation was about to take place. There was nothing evidentiary in the atmosphere. Do you get it? There was still dry ground. 
There was still dead grass. There were still dead animals in the fields. Nothing had changed in the natural. But I want to say to you this morning, you may not have had anything change in the natural over the last few days. You may have not had some great transformation, some great shift. It may still look like death around you, but there's a sound in the realm of the heavenlies to declare to you, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Greg, I need a little bit more in the monitors this morning. Hallelujah. Galatians 3.2 says this. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? I want, you can't earn revival. You cannot make revival happen. You've got to hear it first in the realm of the Spirit. You, he says when Paul's writing to the church at Galatia, this is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing with faith? You first have to hear the sound. I need you to hear that this morning. You can try and work it up all you want in your flesh, but until you hear the sound of the Spirit, Listen, there's an aggression in the spirit. We're going to go after revival, okay? We're going to fight for revival. The next few weeks, I'm going to be preaching a series. The fight is on, okay? Because there is a fight. Revival doesn't come because we patty cake ourselves and we say to ourselves, oh, hallelujah, we're going to have revival. No, we got to fight for revival. But here's the thing. You can fight in the flesh or you can fight in the spirit. You can get into the spirit and begin to hear the sound of revival. Or you can get in the flesh and just say, I want revival. You can say you want revival all day long, but until you catch it in the realm of the spirit and you get it in your spirit and you get a fight from the inside, Inside, and you begin to war from the inside. Psalm 25, 14. The secret of the Lord is for those who fear him and he will make them know his covenant. You may be in the middle of the drought. You may not see any evidence of rain in the sky. But Elijah didn't say he saw the abundance of rain. Elijah said, I heard the sound. There is no situation. I want to say to you this morning, church, there is no situation that you are passing through that God has not spoken about. You may not have a rain of word right now. You may not have a fresh prophetic word, but you've got the living word. You've got the established word of God to stand on. There is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Whatever you are facing, he says, cast all your cares upon the Lord. It doesn't matter what you're facing. What has God said concerning your case? Maybe it's the unsaved spouse. The Bible says that the righteous spouse sanctifieth the unrighteous spouse. So you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and you begin to war and we're going to talk about that in a second but I want you to know that it is time for your supernatural restoration and recovery of all that the enemy has stolen and destroyed in your life and family in Jesus name it's time church you may have made your mess, but there is no mess that God can't get you out of. You may have screwed it all up, but the blood of Jesus still works and he still redeems and he still restores. And he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And I need someone to begin to shout because you hear the sound of the abundance of rain. 
When 120 men and women had gathered in the upper room waiting for the promised power, the Bible says suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There was a sound. The sound was an indication that something is coming. There is a sound that indicates there's something coming. Elijah heard the sound and he pronounced, I hear the sound when they were in the upper room suddenly after the sound came cloven tongues as fire appeared on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance but first there was a sound You've got to get the sound in your spirit this morning. I'm here to pronounce to you, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. The drought is coming to an end. I'm prophesying to the equipping church this morning, the drought is coming to an end. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Elijah spoke those words in a place and a time where there had not been one drop of water from the sky or on the ground in over three years. Even in the middle of the drought that we've got now, every now and then you can see a little dew on the grass. There's a little bit, but I'm talking they were in a season of time where there wasn't even a little dew on the grass. They didn't have sprinkler systems to keep the grass green. It was dead, gone, dried up. It was dirt. And it's in the middle of that that Elijah pronounces, I hear the sound. 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 The word sound, it means voice, noise, sound of an instrument, the thunder, the proclamation. It means to call out aloud. It means the voice of God speaking and thundering, the full voice of God to give forth the voice. And it also means the rumors. Elijah in the spirit began to hear the rumors of heaven. There's a sound. There's a rumor in heaven. There's a rain coming. Did you hear that there's a rain coming? All of heaven was beginning to rumor about what was about to happen in the land of Israel. I want to declare to you this morning, I've heard the rumors of heaven over the equipping church. I've heard what the angels have begun to say. Did you know that God's about to send a rain to the equipping church? Did you know that there's about to be a revival? Orabasata. There's a rumor in heaven this morning. There's a rumor. There's a good gossip going on in heaven today. There's a rumor in heaven that there's an abundance of rain coming to the equipping church. There's an abundance of rain about to be poured out. The rumors of heaven. Elijah in the realm of the spirit. The man who had no pedigree. The man who had no genealogy. The man who had no history began to hear the rumors of heaven. He had pronounced it three years earlier there's a drought there'll be no rain but then all of a sudden the rumors got to his ear 
the rumors began to get so loud in his ear that he went back to Ahab and he said, Ahab, you better get up. You better get up. I'm here to tell Ahab today, you better get up because there's a rain coming. There's a rain coming. Oh, shot the fight's on, but there's a rain coming. The full voice of God is declaring there's a rain. There's a rain coming. It's an indication of supernatural recovery and restoration. The rivers will run again. The fish will be caught again. The crops will grow again. There will be joy where there's been sorrow and there will be laughter where there's been weeping. There's a sound. Oh, your divine help is on the way. The answer's on the way. The answer of your prayers of many years is on the way. Your breakthrough you long awaited for is on the way. There is just something powerful about knowing that it's on the way. It gives you the strength to hold on to. There's a change in the atmosphere. The rain is coming. Restoration's coming. Healing is coming. Peace is coming. Joy is coming. Miracles are coming. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There was a sound that Elijah heard that gave him faith to be able to say to Ahab, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I don't see it. I don't feel it, but I hear it. Oh, I want to prophesy to you this morning. The Lord is about to take away all forms of barrenness in your life and make you fruitful. The Lord's about to release your partner for marriage unto you. The Lord's about to make a way for your job and other miracles you're believing him for. There is a sound of abundance of rain. But here's the deal, church. All of that's good. You can shout. You can agree with me all day long, but there was something Elijah had to do next. He could pronounce it all day long, but then he had to pray. Pastor Kim challenged us. How many of you were challenged by what she said? We want revival. We got to pray. You want revival. You got to get in the secret place. And Elijah had to do that. The prayer for the abundance of rain. He heard the sound, but then he had to pray. That word abundance, it's the Hebrew word hamon. It means a murmur, a roar, a crowd, an abundance, a tumult, a sound, a raging noise. Elijah heard the raging noise of the rumors of heaven. It, was ra- it wasn't just, there's going to be a trickle. Be a little drops. No, there was a raging sound. And the that word rain there is Geshem. It's not just any rain, it's a violent rain. I want to prophesy to you this morning. I hear the sound of a violent rain. A violent rain. What they call in East Texas a gully washer. It's about to wash away. There's about to be some floods. There's about to be some floods. But here's what had to happen. Is the rain was on the way, but there was work to be done. Ahab went to play, eat, and drink. But Elijah went to pray alone with God. Elijah goes to Ahab. And he says, Ahab, go have a meal. You're going to need it. I'm going to go pray. He had to get Ahab out of the way. He sent Ahab off with a distraction. You got to get rid of the things in your life that would taunt you. Because Ahab, I can guarantee, Elijah, what are you doing? I thought you said there was rain coming. The enemy will taunt you when you hear the sound. I thought revival was coming to the equipping church. Why is your family such a mess? 
I thought revival was coming to the equipping church. Why are you still in pain? I thought, why do you need $10,000 in repairs to your plumbing? Why do you need this? Why do you need that? I thought revival was coming. Oh, it is. It is. But Elijah had to get himself in the birthing position. It says that Elijah got on the ground and he put his head between. I don't think I can do that physically. But he got down and he got in the birthing position and he began to pray. He didn't look around. He didn't pay attention to what was happening in the natural. He just said to his servant, go check. I'm going to stay here. Now, we don't, we don't think he spoke in tongues because that hadn't happened yet. But for me, I don't have English when I'm praying for this stuff. You get in the birthing position. You get in that place of prayer. My husband's not saved yet. But I heard the sound. I have a word of the Lord. I had a pronouncement from the realm of the Spirit. The rumors in heaven are that my husband's about to be saved. The rumors in heaven are that I'm going to have a baby. The rumors in heaven are that I'm going to be healed. Hey, Hector, is, do you see the cloud yet? Don't see it. You begin to find people who have faith. His servant had enough faith to go check. You get people around you that have got faith and you have them check for you. Am I healed yet? Nope. I heard the sound. Do we have it yet? No. And you stay in that place of intercession. You stay until there's a sign. You have to hear it first, and then God will give you a sign that it's on the way. Elijah got himself in the birth position, head between his knees, and began to labor in prayer for what he had already heard in the Spirit. Elijah was on the mountaintop alone with God and praying for the showers to be poured out upon the land after pronouncing the abundance of rain. He first pronounced it, then he had to pray it. You will need to return the word of God back to him in prayer. That's how you want to you want strength in your prayer. You want to learn how to pray, pray the word of God. Pray the word of God. Don't pray your your wimpy little weak prayers where you're begging God that you just return the word to him. You get in the word. That's what they did in the Hebrides revival. Pastor Kim talked about that. They would begin to pray Isaiah 44. Lord, you said that was the theme of the Hebrides revival. God said, I want to tell you, you want, you want to know what the theme of the revival that's going to happen? God said, I don't need what man said. God said. God said, God said he would pour out water on dry land. You've got to return the word of God back to him. If he said it, then he can perform it. You can't do, he can't do what he didn't say he would do. And I think sometimes we pray things that God didn't say. We pray out of our flesh, out of our desire, out of our own will, and we try to manipulate God to do things that we want Him to do that He never said He would do. But if we get back to the Word and we return His Word to Him, He said, I'll send forth my Word and my Word will perform and it will not return void. So stop praying your Word and start praying His Word. Lay hold on the Word of God concerning your case and take it to God in prayer. The Bible makes reference to the prayer of Elijah, challenging us that he is a man of passion like us. We need to learn from the prayer of Elijah and believe God for outstanding success in our prayer life as he did. The good news is that we're under a better covenant than Elijah had. We're on this side of the cross. So how much more? 
How much more when we pray the word of God? What kind of prayer was this prayer? What are the things that characterize the prayer of Elijah? The first thing that I want to say to you is was a prayer of faith. Whenever we pray, we need to make sure that our petition is founded upon the promise of God so that we are praying in accordance with his will. We need to be founded in the word of God. Without such a promise, we may well demand things contrary to his will. But I already know what his word says concerning revival. I already know what his word says concerning healing. So I pray his word. For over three years, there had been no rain. Now Elijah goes before the Lord and asks him to send rain upon the ground. Out of God's own sure promise. We could go back and read it in 1 Kings 18.1. He says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Elijah didn't go because he just thought that God was going to do it. He didn't go to Ahab because he had a feeling. He had a word. He had a word I hear the sound. God came to me and said, I'm going to send rain yet again upon the earth. I will pour out water on dry ground and I will give water to him who is thirsty, Isaiah 44. And so Elijah was in the place of prayer and the word of the Lord came to him. Elijah was praying before the word and Elijah prayed after the word. You want revival? Pray before revival. Pray during revival and believe that revival won't end. We've got to pray, church. We've got to dig. That's why we're shifting our Wednesday nights to what we're calling dig. Because we're going to dig a well of revival in the Brazos Valley. We're going to dig. There's been wells of revival. There have been moves of God. But I'm telling you what God wants to do in this hour isn't like any other thing that's ever happened before. We're digging a Rehoboth. I preached about it last week. Isaac dug a new well. He couldn't uncover the old well, so he went and he dug a new well. And he called it Rehoboth. The Lord has made room for us. I've come to prophesy the Lord's making room for the equipping church for revival. I've come to prophesy to you today the Lord Lord's making room for revival at the equipping church, but we're going to have to dig. We're going to have to dig. We're going to have to go deeper in God. We're going to have to dig a new well. We're going to have to see it come to pass, and it's going to take work. It's going to take birthing. It's going to take a process, but I want to tell you that First John 5, 14 and 15 says this, this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we've asked from him. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten said that whosoever, you've got an unbelieving spouse, they're a whosoever. You've got an unbelieving family member, they're a whosoever. That's your word. Whoever, whosoever. So don't don't tell me God can't save somebody. Whosoever believes, that's my word. So I pray that over my unbelieving family, that they are a whosoever and whosoever believes. So it was a prayer of faith. Elijah prayed in a private place. That's your second key, is that he prayed in a private place. Now listen, I, we're, we're going we're gonna to dig deep in corporate prayer. But as Pastor Kim said, your private well adds to the corporate well. So the depth of your private well determines corporately how deep we dig together. Now God can do it with a remnant. 
He doesn't have to have everybody. But I'm telling you, you want to dig quicker? You, 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 you need to dig deep in your private place. You want revival here? You need revival in your home. You want revival here? You need revival in your secret place. You need the Spirit of God around you. And so he was in a private place. James 5, 16 and 18 says this, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. A prayer of a righteous person, when it is brought about, can accomplish much. That's a key. You need to catch the key. If you've got hidden sin in your life, deal with it. Because the prayer of a righteous person can accomplish much. Compromise, deal with it. You've got things you haven't dealt with, get some healing, get some counseling, do what you need to do. Confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Wasn't special. Had no genealogy. Wasn't a fifth generation Pentecostal. He was a man like us. But it says... And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. Do you get that? God told him it would not rain. Did Elijah just leave it there? For three years he prayed that it would not rain. When he caught the word of the Lord, he stayed on that word of the Lord until there was a new word of the Lord. So many people want a new word of the Lord every single week. They want some new prophetic revelation, but they haven't fulfilled the last prophetic word that they were given. And you're wondering why you haven't progressed into the promise? Maybe go back to the last word God spoke to you and pray until that comes to pass. So for three years, Elijah stayed in the place of prayer. God, I pray that it would not rain today. Father, for your sake, I don't want Ahab to even see some dew on the little leaf of lettuce outside his house. Three years he prayed until the word of the Lord came to him. It says, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Three years and six months, it did not rain. Then he prayed again. And the sky poured rain and the earth produced its fruit. One prophetic word he had to labor for for three years. Another prophetic word he labored for. We don't know how long it was until... The, the servant saw the cloud, but it wasn't three years. You need to understand this principle. There are some promises that take time to birth. There are some promises that happen instantly. There are some promises that take a little bit more time. There are some promises that you have to hold on to until the Lord gives you a new word. But whatever it is, stay in the place of prayer. Stay in the private place of prayer. The emphasis wasn't on the mountain where he prayed. It was that he got alone and prayed. And he had no one around him that would taunt him and tell him otherwise of the word of God. Ahab had gone away to eat and drink. And Elijah went to the place of prayer. The third key is that it was a prayer of reverence with humility. Elijah bowed before God down upon the earth with his face between his knees. We need to be filled with a new realization of the majesty and the holiness of God. I'm telling the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You want to begin to walk in a greater breakthrough? Have some fear of the Lord. 
if the church in America really had the fear of the Lord, they wouldn't be as compromised as they are. If they understood that it was in the New Testament that Ananias and Sapphira died in the presence of the Lord. That says something to me, church, that we lack what the early church had. Now, I'm not saying I want people to start dying at the altar. Please, hear me. I'm not saying that. But I think it should be noted that we lack what they had because people aren't dying at the altar when they lie before the Lord. Coming with lip service, not actually worshiping, but just singing a song because that's their religious duty. You need to catch a revelation of the fear of the Lord and the holiness and the majesty of our God because Elijah knew who God was. There was reverence. There was humility. Any sincere posture is acceptable for prayer before God. But pride and arrogance must be put away completely from our hearts and lives. Second Chronicles 7.14, the theme of our revival conference was this, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. We have to humble ourselves. We may come before the Lord with a holy boldness. Hebrews 4.16 says, coming before the Lord with boldness, seeking to obtain mercy in time of need. You can have boldness before the Lord, but we must always come with reverence and humility. We are not equal to God. We are lower than God, but as sons and daughters. My daughter, Evie, when she wants something, daddy, 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 daddy. She's bold. And sometimes I have to say to her, Evie, you will wait. Because now it's crossed that line just a little bit, especially when she starts hitting me with something. But how many times do we come before God like that? Do what I want. That's enough. Key number four, Elijah was specific. Elijah only had one petition as he came before the Lord. It says he prayed. What did he pray? Then he prayed again, and the rain poured. First he prayed that it would not rain. Then he prayed that it would rain. He was specific. Lord, send the rain. I want to say this to you. A specific request will attract a specific response. A specific request will attract a specific response. He didn't pray for the death of Jezebel. He didn't pray that Ahab would get knocked over in his chariot. He didn't. Some of y'all been praying stuff like that. Lord, hit him upside the head. No, pray. No, no, no. That's not what he prayed. He prayed for what was needed in that moment. He prayed for rain. The Bible is full of several specific requests that receive specific answers from God. Hannah made a specific request of a boy child from God, and God answered her specifically. And he called the boy Samuel, meaning I asked of him from the Lord. For this child I have prayed. Specific. In the upper room, they prayed for only one thing, the coming of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what their prayer looked like, but I imagine Jesus said that we would receive the promise and we're contending for the promise. It's so easy for a Pentecostal like me. They didn't have that yet. I don't know how they did it. 
sometimes it's difficult for me to pray for an hour just in tongues, let alone in Greek or Hebrew. And yet that's what they did. They contended specifically for the promise of the Holy Spirit. When Peter was in prison, the church prayed for only one thing, his deliverance. Definite, specific prayers bring definite, specific answers. Definite, specific prayers bring definite, specific answers. My prayer right now is revival. Evan Roberts prayed this prayer. Bend me, Lord. Bend me. Make me flexible. I'll do whatever you want me to bend me. That was his prayer for hours. He would say it over. Bend me, Lord. Bend me, Lord. And he saw the precursor to Azusa Street was the Welsh Revival. There wouldn't have been an Azusa Street had there not been a Welsh Revival. And I don't have all the time to connect all those dots, but I can tell you they're all connected. We wouldn't have our modern Pentecostal movement if Evan Roberts hadn't prayed, bend me, Lord. Specific prayer request have specific answers. Here's number five. Fervent and effective prayer. Fervent and effective prayer. Elijah's prayer was described as effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man. A fervent prayer is the one from a righteous life, pure heart, and clean hands. Give us clean hands. Give us pure hearts. Let us not lift our soul to another. You want a clean hand, pure hearts? Make sure you don't have offense against your brother. That is the number one stronghold in the church. Offense against one another. The reason many of the things we, we pray for don't get answered is because we're carrying offense and judgment. Offense and judgment. And you know what we often do? We judge others way more harshly than we judge ourselves. And we could be found guilty of the same things we're judging them for. And often the things we judge others for are the things that we carry in our own heart. Fervent and effective prayer, effectual prayer, comes from righteousness, righteous life. I, I, I'm telling you, we're going to have revival. But I prophesied, I think it was four weeks ago, purity was coming over the church. We want revival, we got to be pure. God will not mix. we got to deal with those things. Fervent prayer is from the righteous life. Pure heart and clean hands, a prayer said with faith. It was also accompanied by fasting. Ooh, how many of us like to fast? Does anyone like to fast here? No? Okay. Good. If you did, I was going to have you pray for me because it is not, not one of my, my, my favorite things to do. Why? Why do we not like fasting? Because it makes us uncomfortable? Because it reveals our carnality. Our flesh responds to it negatively. But Elijah, who could have, he heard the sound of the abundance of rain. He could have gone and had lunch with Ahab, but he didn't. He did not do so. He went to fast. Do we know anything about fasting? Do we know what it is to sacrifice time, pleasures, and legitimate things in order to pray through and secure God's blessing? 
I love cooking shows. I love to cook. If, if you know, I love to cook. That's how I decompress is cooking shows. One that my wife hates. It's called Wall of Chefs. It's a Canadian show. Love it. I had to make a decision two weeks ago because the Lord was pricking my heart. I have given up TV completely. It's something the Lord just pricked me. And I'm going to spend that time, my hour, watching my TV show in prayer, in fasting from the pleasure of TV. And I'm just saying this publicly because I'm holding myself accountable. Because, listen, that remote, Jacob, Hulu is calling. Really, we have to be real. We have to be real. And so I've made it my determination. I I love reading the Word of God. But the other thing that the Lord began to prick my heart, Jacob, you're not reading enough. You're not studying enough. You're not doing those things enough. And you've given over to this. Oh, pure hearts, clean hands, anything that takes us away from the presence of the Lord. Anything. The other thing the Lord said to me, he goes, and you don't have an excuse to say, well, hey, kids, you want to watch a movie? Now, if they ask, that's one thing, but I don't get to ask them. You want to watch AFV? One of my favorite things to do with the kids. It's hilarious. But the Lord told me, I can't ask. They have to ask. And they're not here this morning, so they, don't, they won't hear that. Or maybe they're watching online. Here's the other thing, though. The Lord even convicted me about this. And he said, and you don't get to use the excuse, well, I'm going to watch a teaching. Because it's still feeling that same thing. Oh, I'm, I'm vegging out. Right? Okay, that's just me. We pray. Back to the message. We pray because we have an objective that can only be reached and can only be won and conquered through fervent and effective prayer. Point number six. A prayer with expectations and watchfulness. When we really pray in faith, we should already be looking for the answer. We should go on praying and watching until the answer comes. Always pray with expectation. Always pray with expectation. Praying times are not wasted times. They are pain and profiting times. As you pray, look out for the answers to your prayer and glorify God for his wonderful works. So Elijah's in the place of prayer. In Hebrew, I don't know Hebrew. Hector, is it there yet? No. How about now? Seven more times. Seven more times. He sent him to check. And on that eighth time, he comes back and he says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. That's not a rain cloud, folks. If it were me, I probably wouldn't have been like, oh, let me pray again. But Elijah said, that's enough. I've got a sign. I know. I know it's coming. I've heard it. 
I've seen it. I see some evidence. Listen, I've heard it. I've seen some evidence over this last weekend. I have enough to say there's an abundance of rain coming. I'm, I'm not just saying I hear a sound. I'm saying I've seen a sign. It might be the size of a, of a man's hand. It might be a little sign, but it's enough for me to say revival is at the equipping church. You know why? Because there's reactions of the flesh. I had one this morning. The carnality rose up. We've got to begin to deal with these things. Revival is the manifested presence of Jesus. When the manifested presence of Jesus shows up, what happens? The demons start screaming. When Jesus shows up, the flesh starts wailing. When Jesus shows up, our attitudes start manifesting. When Jesus shows up, our past starts starting to speak to us. When Jesus shows up, when revival happens, it's messy, it's war, it's work. But when Jesus shows up, it's worth it. Can you imagine what could have happened if Elijah had given up at the fifth time? Jesus himself encouraged us that we should continue steadfastly in prayers without getting discouraged. Elijah knew this principle. I've prayed for three years that it wouldn't rain. I will pray for three years until it does rain because I told Ahab, the Lord said rain's coming. I've said to the equipping church, rain's coming. So you better believe I'm going to be in the place of prayer until there is such a deluge from heaven, until there is such a river flowing through this place. And I want to challenge you and I want to invite you pray because when he prayed there was then my third key point today there were some sub points in prayer but here's the third key point the performance of the abundance of rain I want to say to you this morning the dry season will not last forever do you hear me The dry season, that deserved a better shout. The dry season is not going to last forever. Why? Because the word of the Lord had gone forth and the rain was coming. Struggle and lack is not your destiny. It's temporary. Your situation is not defined by what you see or feel. It's determined by what God says. There's a sound of the abundance of rain. Don't get discouraged. God has something better for you. It's not going to be a drizzle. It's not going to be a sprinkle, but it's going to be a violent rain. It's going to be a downpour. There are dry seasons where we may feel empty, but that is not the end of your story. Your story ends in rain. Your story ends in rain. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. God is set to close the season of lack and scarcity and open a season of abundance for you. You know what one of the signs for me has been? We've had more finances in this church this year than in my eight years of pastoring. We've seen God provide in abundant ways. He's taking care of every need. That's a sign to me that there's an abundance of rain. There's an abundance of rain. You know what there is to me? Family members are getting saved. You know what? There's a sign to me. People are getting transformed. People are getting healed. We're on the trajectory to a revival that BCS has never seen before. We're on the trajectory to a revival that has never been seen in the Brazos Valley. Why? Because we're digging up a new well. We're digging up a new well. And I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. 
God is about to rain down his favor and abundance. He's going to turn your mourning into dancing, your sorrow into joy, your loneliness into love, ha, your scarcity into abundance. He's going to give you beauty for those ashes. The drought is coming to an end. There's an, a sound of an abundance of rain, and you shall experience a season of refreshing in Jesus' name. That is what faith is all about. You have to believe what you hear in your heart even when you see. What you see is just the opposite. You have to know on the inside, I have a word. I've heard the voice of the Lord. My husband will be saved. My wife will be saved. My crazy spouse is going to get delivered. My children are coming home. My job's coming forth. My baby's coming forth. I'm calling forth the baby. I'm going to name him before he's even here. Do you understand Hannah had a name for Samuel before Samuel ever manifested. She said, this is the child I prayed for. You hear abundance, but you may see lack. You hear health, but you may see sickness. You hear rain, but you may see drought. Let every man be liars and let God only be true. God is saying there is about to be an abundance of favor in your life. The drought is coming to an end. You're going to see healing, deliverance, breakthrough, restoration, new opportunities, and enlargement. You're going to see revival. If you're going to see abundance, you can't let people talk you out of what God put in your heart. I've had people say to me, I've had friends say to me, I've had close confidants say to me, oh, stop the revival talk. You know, revival, that was another season. Oh, just just grow a church. Well, you know what Pastor Kim said to me? Stop growing a church and birth a movement. I'm not here to grow a church in College Station. I'm not here to grow a church where we were in Bryan. I'm here to birth a move of revival, and I need some midwives in this house. I need some people who are willing to say, let's birth it together. Let's link arms together. Let's see Jezebel torn down. Let's see Masonic powers destroyed. Let's see the glory of God invade Bryan College Station. I need a group of people who are willing to dig and dig deep, not just in the church, but in your home. you got to dig dig deep on the inside before we can ever dig deep on the outside. The evidence of your well will show up. Oh. Don't let words of doubt and discouragement take root. What you hear in your spirit is more powerful than any negative words that have been spoken over you. Who is he that saith the thing cometh to pass when God hath not spoken? If you will listen carefully, I'm telling you, if you'll lean in, you'll hear the sound of abundance, the sound of increase, the sound of new levels. God does not want you to stay where you are. He wants to take you to new levels. But you have to get in agreement with him by believing and declaring what he spoke to your spirit. On the seventh time, the servant of Elijah came back and said, Elijah, this time I saw a small cloud in the sky. God doesn't need the whole sky to be filled with clouds. He'll take a tiny little cloud. Elijah was excited at the news of that time. You might have remained in the same position for seven years. Oh, did you catch that? Did you catch that? We as a church have entered our eighth year. This is the beginning of our eighth year. It's a new beginning. She prophesied to us that we'd come full circle. There was evidence of coming to the full circle. And I want to prophesy to you today. You may be new in the journey here. You may be old in the journey here. But I don't care where 
where you're at. It's a new season. You might have remained in the same position for seven years, but in this year, your story will change for the better. God will give you a new song and a great testimony in Jesus' name. Most people would dismiss it. It's nothing. It's insignificant. That's not revival. I don't care what they say. I heard the sound and I see the small cloud. I heard the sound and I hear this. I see the small cloud. Yet God can bring a downpour out of a cloud the size of a man's hand. God can take something small and turn it into something great. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. God has a way to make it rain in your life that you've never dreamed of. You don't have to figure everything out. All you need to do is believe. As I start to close this morning, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to stand to your feet because I'm going to prophesy. God is going to greatly enlarge your small beginning. Your little business shall be increased. Every good thing that is little in your life shall experience increase and enlargement by the mercy and the power of the name of Jesus. You may be in drought today. You don't see any cloud in the sky, but I want you to remember God doesn't need a cloud. Now keep praying, keep believing, keep expecting. Don't be moved by what you see or feel. Let the word of God move you. If God said it, he'll perform it. If God said it, he'll perform it. You need to stand on the word of God and his promises for your life. Take them back to God in prayer and there shall be a performance of his word. Oh, I'm telling you in this hour, there are prophetic words that haven't come to pass. And some of you have even questioned, was that the word of the Lord? I'm here to tell you it was the word of the Lord. It was the word. But now you need to go back to that word. And you need to begin to birth it. Some of you have taken prophetic words and you've shelved them. And it's time to get them back. It's time to get them back. I'm prophesying to you this morning. It may look like nothing. Am I seeing clearly? Or is that my cataracts? I think I see I think I see a cloud. Some of you have been doubting the little cloud you see. Some of you have been doubting the word. But I'm telling you, I'm prophesying. I hear the sound. I hear the sound. I hear the sound. I hear the sound of an abundant rain. And I see the cloud. I see. Church, do you hear the sound this morning? Do you see the cloud? There's evidence enough. I don't, I don't. I'm going to just say it like it. I don't need another prophet to come in this house and tell us we're going to have revival. Pastor Kim, she did it. Okay? I don't need another prophet. She didn't even directly say it. But what she said was enough. I honor prophets. Don't get me wrong. I honor the apostles. I, I honor the fivefold. I, I'm a prophet. Some say I'm a prophet. I don't even care anymore. 
Here's what I know. We're going to birth a movement. If you haven't read her book, Doorkeepers of Revival, I, I highly encourage it. If you, if, you're, if you don't have the finances to get it, come see me. I've got a few copies I can give away. But this is what I want to say to you. We are called as doorkeepers of revival for this city. We're going to hold the door open. I hear the sound. And we're going to make a sound at the city gates, just like she prophesied. You hear me, church? Hear me, Shelly? Those words you've been waiting 20 years to come to pass, I hear the sound. I hear the sound. And I see the cloud over you. I hear it. I hear it. Chris and Crystal, the Lord says he's releasing you from that season. What is, has encroached upon you and surrounded you and kept you from moving forward? I don't even really know your story. We're having lunch sometime. But I want to say to you, every time you try to take a step forward, you feel like you can't. And you feel isolated and you feel locked away and you feel like there's no place for you anywhere. And that has been the enemy holding you back. And I want to prophesy to you this morning, the chains that were spoken over you and the word curses that were spoken over you and the wandering spirit that was released over you is broken today. It's broken today. I hear the sound. Here's what we're going to do. Oh, Shebraka. There's a couple groups that I'm going to pray for. First group, if you've never made a decision for Jesus, you're in this room this morning or you're watching by live stream, you've never surrendered your life to the Lordship of Jesus. Oh, Shekebrekete. No greater decision than following Jesus. It's a roller coaster, but it's fun. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus this morning, I want to give you that opportunity by raising your hand. You're saying, Pastor, I want to surrender my life to Christ. You might be watching my live stream this morning. Pray this prayer with us in just a moment. But if that's you this morning, you're in the room. I feel like I know everybody in the room, but if you're in the room this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus, just, just raise up your hand. Let me see your hand. This morning, we're going to pray this prayer corporately so we might have some friends watching by live stream. And I never want to go without the opportunity to surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus. A couple things you have to do. You've got to repent. That means you, you're saying you're sorry, but you're willing to change your mind. That's what repentance is. It's apologizing, but it's changing your mind. Today, you're changing your mind. You're not going to be the Lord of your life. He is. So pray with me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. Today, I change my mind. I won't be Lord. You'll be Lord. I receive your sacrifice. Transform me. Give me the grace to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Two groups of people now that I want to pray for. Two groups. Number one, you haven't heard and you haven't seen. And you feel like you need faith to hear and see. You're saying, I, I haven't heard the sound. And I don't feel like I have faith to hear the sound. 
And I'm not going to embarrass anyone, so I'm going to open the altars in just a moment. The second group, the second group, you've heard, you've seen, and you still feel like you lack faith. So two groups. Number one, you haven't heard, you haven't seen. Second group, you have heard and you have seen, but you need faith. If that's you this morning, if you need, if you need faith this morning, you just need an impartation of faith. I want you to come and I want to pray for you. Don't be moved by what you see or feel. Let the word of God move you. If God said it, he will perform it. Stand on the word of God and his promises for your life. Take them back to God in prayer. And there shall be a performance of his word. Father, I pray right now. I pray right now that faith would be imparted. Faith would be imparted. Faith would be imparted. Faith would be imparted. Faith would be imparted imparted right now. Faith would be imparted. Faith right now. Faith right now. Faith. Faith. Oh. Faith, faith right now, faith to see it come to pass, faith, 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 faith. Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, turn his countenance towards you and give you peace. May every good and perfect gift that comes from the Father of lights be placed in your hands, that you may be made perfect, lacking in nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram or Facebook, or visit www dot equipping church dot us